Let's talk about the future of news. I want you all to know that we are fighting the fake news. The state of journalism today. Telling both sides of a, of a controversial story. I think we must be unbiased. It's uh, honesty, fairness, uh, truth. That is our job. That is our job. That is our job. Hi there, and welcome once again to the Our Man in Stockholm podcast. My name is Philip O'Connor, and that traffic you hear in the background is uh, on a street in Portugal, in Portimao, because I'm here for the Algarve Cup, which is a women's soccer tournament taking place this time of the year, which is a very fitting place for this podcast. I'm speaking to you on International Women's Day. It's the 8th of March here and everywhere else around the world, and that is the day we celebrate women. It's one of those things that I have a very, very sort of dodgy relationship around because, you know, as a man on the internet, it's one of those days when you just really need to stay quiet. And, you know, I always wonder about posting things about it or, you know, trying to show any sort of solidarity or that kind of thing because, you know, the important thing is not really what's done today. It's trying to do these things every other day of the year. It's very easy to do what certain companies are doing and change your logo or change your company name or give women uh, you know, some sort of space or amplification on this day of the year. But it's much harder to change the culture that, uh, that has created the need for this particular day. Um, when I think about my own relationship to it, um, I'm trying to work out where this sort of interest, you know, what has me here in Portugal for a women's tournament that, you know, even the countries that are taking part, Norway, Sweden, Denmark, Germany, there's not a whole lot of press here uh, to cover this tournament. It's not the European Championships, it's not the Olympics, it's not the World Cup, and yet still I'm here. The reason I'm here is because I got a stipendium, <clears throat> as many of you will know, and part of it was to explore why uh, the Norwegian soccer team is so open towards the media, right? So I came down here knowing that there'd be plenty of time to talk to them. I worked with them last year at the World Cup and it's a great chance to see them all again, you know? So, but a lot of the time is spent, you know, sort of going forward and back to matches that are about, you know, 40 minutes in one direction, 40 minutes in the other direction. And it has me thinking a lot about, you know, why uh, I got into this in the first place. One of the reasons is that I did notice this sort of level of injustice or level of in- inequality and in that, you know, female athletes, they earn so much less than men. They get so much less space. Uh, than men and media they get so many, so few people going to their games and it's only really when you see them uh, competing and you see how good they are I just published an interview uh, with the Reuters news agency with Guru Lighton and Guru's like just an incredible soccer player when you see her left foot and she starts uh, kicking that ball it doesn't matter man woman child beast doesn't matter what it is she's just a tremendous footballer she's incredibly intelligent and what I love about her and what I love about like all the great soccer players that I love they have this ability to see something before anybody else does and then deliver it and the first time I saw her uh, doing that on a training pitch I just went wow this is amazing you know but I remember back in 2013 actually we had just come back from the Euros the previous year uh, which I covered for a news agency and the the women's Euros was held the following year and there was no real plan uh, in place to cover it and that was the point where you know you suspect these things for years but at that point you decide okay I've got to take some sort of action here so you know as it happened the Euros were in uh, Sweden so as part of our family holiday that year we packed the kids in the, in the back of the car and we went sort of camping so we'd stop at various different campsites and then in the evening I'd go and I'd cover the games and I'd come back in the morning and we'd sit by a lake or we'd drive to the next town or whatever else it was you know but it struck me how little uh, space these women got you know so that's sort of you know if you like that was one generation that was a different generation of Norwegian players to the ones that I've been lucky enough to get to know now so then <clears throat> in about uh, I think it was in late 2018 when something popped up 
uh, in across social media and this was the 20 by 20 initiative which is coming out of Ireland right so you'll hear an awful lot about that in the interview to come with Sarah Colgan but the basic idea is a 20% increase in media coverage a 20% increase in participation and a 20% increase in attendances uh, for women's sport in Ireland right and it's been a hugely successful campaign now, it's not yet time to drill down into the details of how that's worked, right? The important thing is that it is working. Uh, record crowds are turning up at events, you know, all over Ireland, that kind of thing. Uh, is it, you know, substance? Is it social media? Is it, you know, what is it? How much is the fact that, you know, the World Cup was shown on RTE last year, the Women's World Cup, how much is that playing a role? How much is it that, you know, women are sort of seeing this as a sort of a, as a chance for their, for their female children um, to, to get involved in sport and that kind of thing. That, we don't know that just yet, right? There's very few statistics available on it just yet. But as we sort of come into the, sort of the last phase of that campaign, if you like, um, I decided that I was going to speak to Sarah Colgan or somebody to, from 20 by 20 just to explain it to me and how it's working and what they need. So the campaign that they have going on today and that they'll have going on in the near future is Show Your Stripes. Show Your Stripes is all about making a commitment towards women's sport, right? Now, as a journalist, I'm supposed to remain neutral in these things, but obviously anybody who follows me, anybody who's been paying any attention to what I've done for the last God knows how many years, knows that this is one of the subjects that's close to my heart, right? That pushing women's sport and trying to amplify women is one of the things that I try to do, right? So I'm not going to make a commitment like that. All I'm going to say is I'm going to keep doing what I'm doing. But I would encourage you to go out and to think about what you can do, right? To think about, you know, can you bring your uh, your daughters or your sons uh, to a women's sporting event? Because let's face it, it's not just bringing girls to see these things, right? One of the, the great things about the Dutch national team, and my friend Emma Coolen will tell you all about that if you ask her, is, you know, seeing young boys walking around with Vivian Miedema's name at the back of her shirt in, in the Netherlands is a fantastic thing. And seeing all the Hegebuys' name at the back of a Lyon shirt on a, on a little boy in Oslo is fantastic because that just proves that it doesn't matter. The gender thing is now finished. That's over. We don't care about that anymore. It's past by that they're not female role models they're role models and that kind of is the place that we want to go to I however am not the man who is or not the person who is very sort of qualified to speak about these things that is Sarah Colgan and she was kind enough to speak to me um, I was on Friday morning I was waiting to interview the great Danish forward Pernilla Harder uh, just before they met Sweden there at the weekend and uh, I was waiting in the car to to, uh, to interview Pernilla the team bus was due to arrive at any second but I called up Sarah and said okay let's get this thing done so um, I hope that the sound quality of the call because I think it actually it's going to end up sounding like two people on uh, two different phone lines, you know. But uh, it's well a conversation well worth listening to. Sarah's an incredibly smart woman, incredibly well versed in communications and in marketing. She just has this natural knack or sense of of where the conversation is and what she needs to do to steer it just that little bit in favour of the outcomes that twenty for twenty or twenty by twenty is looking for. And I'd just like to round off by saying, because I won't be back after the interview, that, you know, uh, the best of luck to all the women that I've bumped into over the years, whether it be, you know, the uh, the Four Lebrun sisters that I met at the Olympics a few years ago when they were winning the moguls, to uh, Louise Quinn, who plays for Arsenal, the Republic of Ireland. Hopefully that team is going to go to the Euros. That, you know, at the end of the day, it's not the winning or losing that counts. It's raising the game. It's raising the bar for everybody who's going to come after them. So 20 by 20 um, is a national movement to champion girls and women in sport. Um, it was founded um, by Along Came a Spider, uh, which I founded with my partner, Heather Thornton, um, at the end of 2018. And it's a two-year gig um, that is called 20 by 20 because it aims to get a 20% increase in female participation, a 20% increase in attendances at women's sporting events, and a 20% increase in um, uh, media coverage for women in sport all by the end of 2020. And um, it, it has picked up incredible momentum uh, so far here, which is hugely encouraging. 
by Irish media, um, by the Irish sporting industry, and, and also by the public, which is great. And tell me how it works, because um, it started, I think it was in late 2018, the launch happened, I think it was at the Google headquarters there. And uh, what, what was the plan in order to sort of to get people engaged, to buy tickets, to go to see uh, women's sporting events and that kind of thing? What was the, the project behind it? How does it look? So the plan behind it, 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 it has its three objectives, which I was saying, but the real, the real kind of philosophical aim of 20 by 20 is to change our cultural perception of girls and women in sport. So men's sport is part of our cultural DNA. It's what we do as a nation. It's who we follow. It's, it's you know, our, our, our habits and our traditions that have been passed down. Women's sport hasn't occupied that place in our hearts. So 20 by 20 set out to make women in sport cool, essentially, to, to um, make it more visible and to make it more normal and, and, and part of our everyday. Um, so how, how we went about doing that, um, we had a, have a wonderful partner in the Federation of Irish Sport, um, and with them we um, onboarded uh, now 74 um, of the national sporting governing bodies and local sports partnerships here in Ireland, which is unprecedented. Um, and to have their support, they, so all of those 74 bodies have signed a 20 by 20 charter, um, and that is now moving into clubs. So we have just this week launched a 20 by 20 clubs charter so that individual clubs can get involved and it can, it can trickle down then at grassroots level as well. Um, the other important thing, I think, in, part, in, in terms of the setup is, uh, you know, if we could have had a fourth pillar, we've got the attendance, the media coverage and the participation, but the fourth one would, of course, been funding and sponsorship. Um, and what was really important was to show women in sport being valued. Um, and we onboarded five um, incredible uh, global brands, um, all here in Ireland, AIG, Investec, KPMG, Lidl and Three. And they are five tier one partners across the 20 by 20 movement. Um, and and uh, they have made it possible entirely because of those five brands. But also the, the, what that symbolizes and the message that gives is that brands are, are, are backing women's sport and that it is valued. Um, so that's been, that's been crucial as well, I think, um, and an important step. Um, and then the Irish media have been great. Um, we have um, five official media partners, um, but the support from Irish media goes beyond that. Um, RTE, TG Cahir, uh, Sports Joe, Off the Ball and Her. And um, there have been, TG Cahir is well known over the last 20 years for the, the support that it's given to women in sport. But um, RTE um, upped their commitment rather than just doing a 20% increase um, by the end of 2020 in terms of their coverage of women in sport. They, uh, D Forbes last year said that 20% of all RTE sport coverage would be women by the end of this year. And they are also bringing in uh, the first media company in the country to bring in a system, system of measurement um, to measure not only coverage, but also um, across, you know, online and commentators and pundits and presenters. Um, and I think other than and Sweden, and, and look, you'll know more about this, but this will be a new system that RTE will then um, be able to share with other media agencies in Europe um, as part of that 20 by 20 commitment. So that's really significant. About the other metrics in terms of participation and people attending games, what have you seen happen, what have you seen change over the, so the year or so since the project started? Are more people going to watch women play soccer and hockey and basketball, and are more women and girls participating in sport? Yeah, so before 20 by 20 launched, we took um, benchmark um, readings in terms of participation, the attendance, and the media coverage. Um, the, the media coverage was very low. 3% of, of, of print um, uh, sports coverage was women, and 4% of um, online sports coverage was women, which is um, 
devastating. Um, but in terms of the, the what we're noticing so far um, is in 2019, our six um, kind of biggest uh, female sporting events uh, were had, had broke attendance records. Um, that was the Hockey um, Olympic Qualifiers. It was the um, Women's Six Nations. Um, it was the uh, Camogie Final and the All-Ireland Final and the FAI um, Euro 2021 Qualifiers. Um, so that is, is, is very encouraging. It's important now to see that trickle down, though, to, to grassroots and what's happening at your local club on a Saturday morning. Um, but that's all part of, you know, it's when you talk about wanting to make something part of your culture and, and, and change that kind of DNA, that takes a while to happen. Um, and, and men's sport just historically for, for hundreds of years has, has occupied that space in our hearts. So, you know, it's, it's give, I, the, the aim of 20 by 20 is to give it a shot in the arm um, now um, so that then when this does fall off the agenda, whenever that is, you know, women's sport is able to stand on its own two feet because the success and the stories um, are are there? I mean, it, it's there's a, it, there's so much great stuff happening. Our Irish female athletes, internationally and nationally, are are just doing so well. But it's just about having more noise. Uh, I grew up in an Ireland where women's sport was essentially invisible, with the notable exception maybe of Sonia O'Sullivan and one or two others. Um, what has to change within the media so that what you're doing becomes a permanent fixture? Do we need more female editors, female journalists making the decisions? You mentioned Dee Forbes there at RTE. Does it help the fact that she's a woman in a powerful position? Or do you think that this is something that's going to organically change now, that's going to be automatic, that women feature more in sport after what you've done with 20 by 20? I think absolutely having female champions is 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 important. The fact is, you know, it, it just in terms of kind of even just looking at kind of journalistic and, and media side of things in terms of sport, it it, it is nearly all male, and it, it's a very small percentage of females in terms of even stringers and and um, and reporters and, and and pundits, and that is changing. Um, but but that needs to change quicker. Um, but in terms of kind of you know there is a vicious cycle. It, it, you know you can say look we just need to see more of them, make them more visible, and then people can can um, they become household names. And and you and I will know that from following any competition. You know, we have the backstory of 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 the the men and the, and the athletes and the teams and and what's and that's part of 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 the joy and that's part of I suppose what unites us as fans and what brings us along the journey. Um, so a hundred percent, I think. To be honest, I think you know we need positive discrimination at the start in order to 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 have a hope of of catching up, you know, um, with, with with this head start. Um, and then it, it, it does become normal. When you start understanding, you know, that the, the this is oh, this is how it is in the last game, this is what this means to this county, what this award means or, you know, this next stage in the competition, it, it, it you create the story and then you want to know what happens next. Um, so having, and, and I think another thing that in terms of kind of, you know, when you're saying about athletes and media, there has been, and look, this is also changing, but you would notice in terms of articles around female athletes, they might start with, she walked in with a huge smile, and you know, they they, they would, and, and, and their technical ability would not be critiqued in the same way. Mm. Um, other than Katie Taylor, actually, who's been, but, and that started, it was, it was there was a, 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 an element of being quite patronising or condescending when it came to reporting on women's sport. Um, and and that that also needs to change. So it's it's how it's reported, but also building the backstory for the public that I think is really important. Mm. Have you met with any resistance? Because I'm sure there's old bearded men like me out there who won't think that this is a great idea and who think that things are perfect the way they are. Has anybody been in touch with you saying, you know, we don't want to be involved in this? 
You don't have to. You don't have to name. Yeah. Na- you don't have to name yeah, names no. now, but <laughs> I, I think at the beginning there was, and, and this is a, a real minority. Um, you know, there was a little bit of, you know, what's happening, and and you know, just. Uh, I suppose this isn't the way things have always been done, and 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 and, and sometimes you know inevitably that happens whether it's sport or anything else. But no, it, it, in truth, um, there has been huge support, um, not just from females, you know, from from men in in the various positions, whether it's whether it's you know coaches and and parents and and, and things like that, or or across you know Irish sport um, or within the media. Um, I think Ireland is at a point, and and you know this isn't just twenty by twenty. There isn't zeitgeist at the moment. There is a this is a moment in time where where there is a you know as a nation we are hugely progressive and and proudly progressive. And so I think to be able to tap into that is really exciting. When you drill down into the numbers, Sarah, of of who's going to these events and who's watching them on TV, can you see whether more women are watching sport, more men are watching women's sport, are young people watching sport? Do you have any details about the sort of the demographics that you're appealing to? Yeah, would you believe more men are 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 uh, fans of women's sport and watch it more? Um, and I think again that is part of this legacy thing. This is you know the way sport is it is is it is a habit and a tradition that's passed down through generations. Women and girls playing sport hasn't been normal, nor women and girls going to sport. I mean, I'm I'm, I'm using kind of broad kind of cliches here, mm. but historically, you know, I believe that in the last couple of years there's been more progress made than in the in the previous twenty. And um, I think we're in a really great space now in terms of what's happening with with, with programs and initiatives and and um, just creating an awareness you know and this is this is one of the big things that, that is is key to, to everything that we do when you're saying about who who attends and, and and who's going i think there is in the majority of cases there are subconscious comments and, and habits um that once you're aware of them once it's just somebody just brings it to your attention are you do you realize that's what you said or do you realize and that started out with me with my own kids where I was completely prioritizing sport for my son and when my daughter was complaining about not wanting to go I was, I was going to let her away with it and do something else mm. but thinking there's no way I can let him go you know he needs it socially and he needs it and and I didn't mean to have that thought you know but I think it's it's there's it's ingrained so far that you know uh, you know let the men go off to the game or you know we'll tune in and it, and and even watching you know in my own family um to see the difference you know in my daughter when she realised you know aunties and uncles and everyone were all tuned in to watch the, the this was now before twenty by twenty launched but it was a significant moment um for the penalty shootout in the the hockey world cup mm. and and she turned and she said. Are we all watching the girls today? Because that that tradition of of caring that much, of getting your tickets, of flying over to see a game, you know, uh, has only been men's sport has only been valued in that way. And the knock on effect of of having women and girls in sport just be more visible, whether it's seeing your mother go to a game or seeing the girls on the telly, is is going to be what makes and, and breaks this for the next generation. Um, why only twenty percent? I mean, if we're looking for equality, why not aim for 50, 55% even? I couldn't agree with you more, Philip. Yeah, and you know what? Look, 20% of what is often a very low base in some cases. Now, in some cases, not. So there is a huge variation across the board, but is 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 feck all, basically, you know? So it, it, we need to start somewhere. Um, and and it, 
being truthful, it's less about the measurements and more about the, 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 the change in our, in, our, in our attitude and in our mindset and our, in our perception. So 20% is a, is a, is a start. And in, in some cases, it'll, it'll far exceed that. You know, and, but of course, where we're aiming to get to is 50-50. But in truth, and I, I, you know, I'm not someone who would ever want to say this, but there's no chance we'll get to 50-50 um, by October 2020, which, is, which will be the two-year run for, for, for 20 by 20. Um, and we had a big debate on this. You know, you were mentioning that Google, uh, Google did come in to host. And I think this is as important as the, the five sponsors who came together to, to make 20 by 20 possible. Google um, hosted our, our launch event um, for our, our Chapter 2. 20 by 20 is divided into five chapters. Chapter 2 um, event was hosted um, in Twitter and uh, Facebook did Chapter 3. So again, that message um, of support, um, uh, you know, is uh, we had a, a debate in, in Facebook um, just for our last launch um, and we included um, you know, Sarah Keane, who's uh, president of, of the OFI, Mary O'Connor, um, CEO of Federation of Irish Sport, Ryan Nugent, um, ex-head uh, of sport and, uh, for RTE, and Ewan McKenna, um, uh, the, the journalist. Very different views and all coming from very, very different places, but we felt that it's important to bring this out, you know, into the open. And, and one of the, the, the theme that kicked off that debate is can women in sport occupy the same place in our hearts or become a part of our cultural DNA in the way that men's sport currently is by the year 2030. Um, you know, and, and, and the panel was split on that. Um, so it, certainly 50-50 isn't possible by, by, by 2020, but can we get there in five years um, or, or 10 years? And that's certainly what we should be aiming towards. Um, but having people, have, you know, if you think our women's sport isn't worth watching or the skill isn't there or it's not, you know, the skill most certainly is there. The visibility hasn't been there, and that's what leads to misconceptions. But let's have people talk about that. Let's have people say what, it, because I think it's only in that way that we can move forward with the next, progress the argument to the next point. Uh, the clock is ticking. We are now in 2020. October is not too far away. What happens when October gets here? Because I don't for one minute believe that everybody's just going to walk away and go, well, that was great. Uh, do you have plans in any way to sort of, you know, to, to you know, germinate a new seed or a new project that's coming up? Or is that secret? for the Yeah, time? look, we'd absolutely love to do this. Um, this for, you know, for our team at Along Came a Spider has been a, a project of pure passion. And it's, it's something that, you know, it, there's so many ideas and, and routes to go forward with it. Um, and um, I know the Federation of Irish Sports feel very strongly about it as well. At the moment, we're just trying to get to, to October. Of course, we're planning beyond that. And, and of course, 20% increase isn't where we want to stop. Um, but beyond that, in terms of exactly what shape it'll take, I don't know yet. Thank you very much for talking to me, Sarah. Thank you, Philip, for having me. Pleasure.